Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. It's time for the Sharks Morning Skate with all the latest on San Jose Sharks hockey. Here are your hosts, Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. From one city to the other, we go from the capital of Canada to the capital of western New York. It is Buffalo, the San Jose Sharks and the Buffalo Sabres. And Drew, I must say about this city, this is one of the most loyal fan bases in the National Hockey League, given the fact that they haven't had much success here in decades, really. They've been to the Stanley Cup Final twice, but every single year, if you look at the TV ratings in the United States, Buffalo is in the top five. That's, that's really incredible. Well, they have a huge fan base, very loyal, that actually crosses the border. We have a lot of um, uh, Canadians that come across the border, Niagara Falls in that area, to watch the Sabres. It's the only rink in the National Hockey League that no matter um, where they are or who they're playing, the Canadian National Anthem and the American National Anthem get played, which is really weird. Right? Is that weird to you? Well, yeah, because if there's no Canadian team, like tonight, we're going to be here, and both anthem both anthems will get played because they, they yeah the board of town they they know their they know their fan base. Interesting concept. Why don't they do that in Detroit? I don't. Know. You have to ask Detroit that. I don't know. It's, 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 it's an interesting question. Isn't because it? they do get a number yeah. of fans from Windsor. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's a, it's actually an easier commute from Windsor to Detroit than it is from today Niagara or Toronto too. But they have a huge fan base. They are a team that um, they're endearing, very passionate fans. It's a, uh, it's a team though that has been searching now for a long time to get back to what once was they were a very, very good hockey team. But it's, it's a team that the Sharks have had a lot of trouble with in this building or in this city, I should say, not this building in particular. Yeah, the old odd was a tough place to play, too. You may remember the very first time the Sharks ever beat the Buffalo Sabres. They started playing them in 1991, but the first time they ever beat them in Buffalo was Joe Thornton's first game as a Shark. I remember that, yeah. Douglas Murray's first NHL game. Is that right? Yeah, same night. Yeah, I remember that, and um, I remember them hitting the post early, and then I remember them being, uh, you know, that, that game they finally were able to get it done, which was, we haven't won very much here. You know, which brings up the big, the big challenge tonight after last night's game. But it's not supposed to have anything to do with this team, and yet it seems to each year. And it's just weird. You know, there have been many times when you know the Sharks would have a lead in this building. Jack Eichel would go crazy yeah. and score the winner in overtime. That's one that comes to mind. Um, you know, a variety of other topics like that. But this is an entirely different situation right now. Drew, the Sharks are in a scenario where they need to have a victory here to salvage the road trip, really. They, they, they had a chance to take control last night in Ottawa. And they had a one nothing lead. They had a 2-1 lead. Tomas Hurdle looked good in the first period. And then one moment, again, uh, one turnover, and the whole complexion of the game changed. He really did. Um, and what did David Quinn say to us yesterday morning before we, did the, before we had our morning skate, which was our mistakes can't be the catastrophic ones that end up in our net. And it was just a – I still – you know, I, I look at that – 
replay again and again and again, still trying to figure out what Matt was doing. But mistakes happen in the game. Turnovers happen in the game. But as David Quinn said, the turnovers that the Sharks are having are the ones that end up in their net. And overall, that just changed the whole complexion of the game. It was amazing to see the shift in energy, the shift in play, the shift in execution, and the shift was, I'm talking, the shift went negative real quick. But also what compounded that was the fact that the Sharks were always in the penalty box. But why were they in the penalty box? There were a couple of instances. One, uh, uh, somebody falls over a bank stick and he gets a tripping call after he gets hauled down. That's a trip. That was a tripping call. It is, I guess. In the NHL, it's a tripping call. Like I didn't think the refereeing refereeing was great, but those are some of the challenges. What about the one on Meyer with the breakaway on Giroux? That could have been a penalty against them too. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know, as Jack Ferrar was telling me, they all even out in the end, Drew, and. Um, I guess they do. Last night, though, what happens, though, when you take those penalties and you're in the box all the time, you can't get a rhythm going with your team. So when you look at the Sharks, who I thought uh, Stephen Lance line, that line played, I thought that fourth line played well. I thought they were generating chances. And they weren't on the ice enough because you had to always put the penalty kill out there. And the penalty kill, just one of those nights where it didn't, didn't go your way, their power play executed beautifully and the Sharks' penalty kill for the first time this year collapsed. So, so many things went wrong after that and the Sharks couldn't regroup and couldn't reset and couldn't get any energy back. And that's and then Buffalo just ran away from the game. Too bad, too, for Capo Kakinen. He made a couple of good saves early. It was in a situation, not his fault, no, no question about it. The Sharks were, uh, were down. And, again, the, the complexion of the game changed after that one Benning turnover in the second period. But, you know, it could have been the other way. You know how close it was to the other way? If Tomas Hurdle scores the hat trick on that breakaway or if Lawrence coming in, he shoots the puck. Nobody blames him for that. Good idea. But he just misses the net. If either of those goes in... The game's different, and they say. Yeah, but, you know, you go to uh, Anton Forsberg, who played extremely well. Really Even well. The third period, where the Sharks had a chance to get closer. It was a four-on-three-three power play. He made three dynamite saves that, that kept the game for them. Then the non-call on the trip, and... Closure goes in, gets that fifth goal, which was really inconsequential. But overall, yeah, the goaltending is obviously a huge part. Capo played as well as he could. I'm not, there, there wouldn't be a goal that I'd look at from in my memory and looking at the replays and go, oh, Capo should have had that. Maybe the uh, Shabbat goal, but it goes through Vlasic before it goes through uh, uh, Capo. So, he had a kind of a rough game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's, you know. That's what happens. That's what, it's, sometimes it's an 82-game season. Not all of them are going to be great. Well, And you know what? A coach told me once, and I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the Sharks coaches <laughs> who said, on average, for any NHL game, about eight to nine of your guys are going. And, not everybody, else, and everybody else really isn't going. But it's those eight or nine guys that get you through and get you the win. But if you have five guys going or four guys going, you're going to lose the game. And in, in a sense, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, and the Sharks' error for uh, margin for error. Zero? Yeah, exactly. And their margin for guys not going, zero. And that goes back to David Quinn having to shorten the bench because they're always on the penalty kill. So, again, you get out of that rhythm. The Sharks are a better team when they can play in a rhythm, when they get four, four lines going, when they've got all six defense and they're moving and they're playing 
again, not all playing great, but they're playing. They're out there because then you get that rhythm. And your, your top, some of your top guys are on the penalty kill, so they're exhausted. And just the way the game was yesterday, it was really a struggle to get them back. So now, what do you do tonight? Well, here's what you start with. Number one, I, it would have been interesting last night if the Sharks had played Aaron Dell in goal because he played really well in Toronto. Yeah. Now, if they played him last night, I went back and looked after the game. I forgot to do it before the game. The most recent game that Aaron Dell played in the NHL was for Buffalo against Ottawa in the game that he knocked out Batherson with a check behind the net. Oh, geez, they would have gone crazy if he had played the game. But now you expect, I, I'm expecting that Deller's going to play tonight against the team that he last played for in the NHL. So that sets up a nice little drama at least to start. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Aaron will be good. And, you know, listen, again, goaltending um, for the Sharks has been an issue at times. But, uh, but on this road trip, goaltending's been very good. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I'm not worried about there. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, there's not much David can do with the lineup the Sharks have. Not much he can do as far as moving guys in and out. And you put Svechnikov in? Um, for who? Uh, that's, my, that's always my question. Well, my aunt, if I'm going to be honest, I'll say Lindblom. Yes. Okay. Yep. I go with that. Sure. I, you know, I think, I think when you overall, when you look at Evgeny, is that, He's got he's to find that, his why. He's got to seize the opportunity. He, yeah, but, he, but he, I don't know if he knows yet what he needs to do to order in order to seize that opportunity. Like, what kind of player does he have to be? What kind of player? Like he, that's, you know, always find your niche. Always find your why. And he's got to find it. And with, with a lot of guys on this team, too. Ultimately, for tonight's game against Buffalo, the Drew Amenda saga continues. And that is... <laughs> nobody's going to feel sorry for you. That's just the way it's going to be tonight. Sharks against the Buffalo Sabres finishing out the trip. Long flight home. We're looking forward to a great game to call on the air. And we'll be on the air at 3.30 with our Sharks warm-up show from Buffalo. Until then, that's it for our morning skate for today. You've been listening to the Sharks morning skate. Make sure you're listening all season long to the latest Sharks news and information right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.